0: Hello again. I wanted to talk about giraffes because they're one of those animals that I think most people really like and um enjoy seeing them. And one of the things that surprised me when I started looking into them, uh this is a few years ago now, but what I was really surprised about was that they are endangered. They're one of those iconic species that we, we may well lose if we don't do something to uh preserve them. So in terms of total numbers, back in the 80s, there was something like 160,000 animals in the wild was the estimate. Now we're down to around anywhere from 117 down to 110,000. So that's um, a fairly significant drop in the number of animals that are out there. And some species are more affected than others, is I should say some subspecies. And the thing about the reduction in Numbers is that this can be local. So, in the local um, areas, the numbers might drop dramatically. You might lose 80 to 90% of the population. That might be to climate change, more likely to be due to human activity, where we uh, start to develop uh, an area of country that was previously um, used by giraffes a lot. If that area is converted to farming or used for building anything like that, then obviously that habitat goes and habitat loss is one of the biggest uh factors in the um the loss of these species. Other things include poaching um and and the illegal trade in in um in animals and animal parts. So unfortunately we're the bad guys as usual um in a lot of the stories. So Giraffes are one of those animals that are very affected. They're a keystone species, and what I mean by that is that their activities have a direct impact on the local ecosystem. So, obviously, giraffe being the tallest uh, land animal currently alive, they are feeding on shoots and leaves that are quite high up in the trees and bushes and all of that, and by doing that, they allow light and water and other things to get down to um the the smaller um f- uh, f- flora if you like <laughs> get my technical terms right, and it allows them to grow and become more established so it does directly impact what vegetation is there, and of course that then impacts um the other animal life that's there, whether it's mammals reptiles or whatever. Um, and even insects will be um, will be affected by the change in the makeup of the local um, habitat, local environment. So that's why they're known as a keystone species. And obviously, if they disappear from an area, it means that whole balance of that ecosystem changes and that will impact other species as well. So if giraffe do disappear in, in an area... Um, It's not just the giraffe that may go, but other species as well. So this is what I mean by, um, or what is meant by a keystone species. Now, um, in terms of the subspecies, first I'm going to talk about the giraffe family. So that includes giraffes and also the okapi, which if you don't know about that animal, it's well worth looking up. Um, Okapi is O-K-A-P-T-I. And uh, very interesting-looking animal, but I'm not. It's not one I've seen. Uh, I don't have any real uh, direct knowledge of it, so I'm not going to talk about it. But the giraffe that I'm going to talk about is uh, the giraffe species. I'm going to talk about are the ones with elongated necks, long legs, all of that. So the tall um, animals. Now, currently, the um, the official breakdown of subspecies is that, is that there are four. And they are the Masai, the northern, the reticulated, and the southern giraffe. They're the different species. Um, previously, there were nine. So other names you might have heard about, or you might have heard of, the thornycroft giraffe, that's now lumped in with the Masai giraffe. The um, Namibian, the cordofan, and the West African are known as the northern giraffe. So there are three subspecies rolled into one, the reticulated giraffe is the most common, and that is was a subspecies on its own. It remains a subspecies on its own. And then we have the southern giraffe, so that includes what was the Angolan giraffe and the South African giraffe. So if you've heard any of those other names, they they are real subspecies, but they've now been um, reclassified a little bit to simplify the number of subspecies that are around. Now, um. One of the things that you're going to notice when you start looking at those subspecies is that the uh, patterns on the giraffe uh, themselves on their bodies can vary quite significantly. So um, you might not have noticed it before. If you haven't, just take a look at pictures of different giraffes from different parts of Africa and you'll notice that there are quite obvious differences in the way they're patterned. Now, that pattern is um, a way of identifying individuals they are all unique so a bit like our fingerprints they are used for camouflage Uh, you think well why would a large animal need to be camouflaged obviously when they're very young they're quite vulnerable and they do occasionally sleep on the floor Um, they'll sit down lie down with their legs underneath them and and sometimes put their um, head on the on their rump so they're in that kind of position uh, in that position, they are very vulnerable. Even an adult would be v- vulnerable to an animal like a lion, which will prey on it because lions are big enough to be able to get a grab them, bring them down and get a grip around their throat. That's generally how they kill their prey. But they also have another function and, and that's because around the, um, the, the the markings on their body, the big patches, there is there are blood vessels there and that helps them to cool their body. So it does help with uh, temperature regulation of their body. Now um because of the the length of their neck that's led to some changes in three systems in their body so one of them is the cardiovascular system so how they um, manage their blood supplies so they have a very large heart obviously to pump against gravity to get the um the blood up to their brain but also the um the, the blood vessels have involved, evolved to uh, be thicker lower down and also they have evolved to uh, manage the blood flow so that if a giraffe moves it moves its head very suddenly so it drops it down to ground level it doesn't faint and um, so that way it maintains the blood flow to their brain normally giraffe stand up that's how they spend most of their time they also get most of their water from what they're feeding on so it leaves and, and shoots um, however they will Occasionally drink normally every few days uh, from water, and in order to do that, they they have to adopt a rather un, um, not very elegant position. They stick their forelegs out to the side, and then kind of jump. It looks like kind of really uncomfortable yoga position, but then they're able to get their heads down and get a drink. Um, their feet are about the size of dinner plates; are quite large feet, but obviously their legs, the legs themselves, are almost just. Bone with very little skin around them. There's uh, it's a very tight skin, so there's not much flesh in their lower legs, uh, in, in their lower limbs. There. Now, the other system to change is cardiovascular. Uh, sorry, not cardiovascular. The musculoskeletal uh, skeletal system. So that supports the the body weight and the way it's arranged. So the spread of weight, and then finally, the nervous system has also evolved so that they can relay systems to the brain from parts of the body uh, very, very quickly. Because if you can imagine, um, obviously, compared to us, they're much bigger than us. In fact, a baby giraffe, when it's born, is often um, around two metres, which is bigger than, or as big at least, and probably bigger than the average person. So they have to deal with that um, change in size in order to um, ultimately reach their specialised area for feeding. So talking about when they are born, they uh, females can become pregnant from about four years, gestations around 15 months. Uh, babies have about one and a half meter drop when they're born, but they are, as I say, around two meters tall, and that allows them to um, get food from their mother. And they'll typically do that for up to a year, but they are able to eat shoots and things from about um, four months old. They can also walk and run within a few hours, and obviously that's important because it's the younger animals that are much more vulnerable to predators. And um, their predators include lions, which I've mentioned, uh, leopards, um, hyenas, wild dogs, those kind of predators. So um, th- obviously the younger animals are much more vulnerable to um, uh, in in those those early um, days, weeks, even even months, perhaps, until they get larger. And then it would take a pack of dogs, for example, to bring a, a giraffe down. Now, um, giraffes are like other large mammals in that they form um, herds which are primarily female or the females in the group and young males, so pre-pubescent males – once the um, males have reached puberty, which would be, I think it's around four years as well. I forgot my stats there for a moment, but they then take off and form bachelor herds. So if you've listened to other podcasts I've done, you'll know that that's recently been been discovered. The elephants do that. Um, Zebras do it. Um, so like it's quite common in the grazing mammal animals to um form those kind of bachelor herds so what else is different about giraffe obviously the pattern on them their height but the other thing that stands out for me are ossicones now these are um little horns they have on the top of their head um all giraffe have them they they're they're actually lay flat when the animal is born but then they stand upright and um they're um basically um, uh, cartilage, um, ossified cartilage, I think is the the correct term for them. So they're known as ossicones. One way of telling a female from a male adult giraffe, at least, is how much fur is on the top of the ossicone because um, males will tend to fight for the... They're actually quite peaceful animals on the whole giraffe, but when they want to mate, they will fight. The males will compete with one another and they tend to sort of wallop their necks together so that that's referred to as necking but um not not in the context that we might use it um, and in that necking um, scenario the the cone they do hit each other's cones. so what happens there is that the fur tends to get rubbed off the the male cones through this uh, competing whereas because the females aren't fighting they tend to have bushier sort of dark fur on the top of the cone. so if you look at A group of um giraffes and um just have a look at the ossicones. if they're if they're quite bushy with fur they're probably females and if they're not if they're fairly bald and you you can see the ossicones quite clearly they're probably male Ossicones on males generally tend to be a bit thicker but you'd really need to compare one animal against another for that to become obvious okay so that is primarily um how they live. They're found throughout um, Central and Southern Africa. So all of the the kind of usual places. So you'll you'll see them in Kenya, Tanzania. um, You'll see them in Zambia, Zimbabwe, uh, Uganda, um, South Africa, Namibia. So they're kind of all over that area, but they can be in quite small populations. Now, they don't have particular territories. They don't tend to be that territorial they'll tend to move around a bit and as i've said they're not very um, aggressive either so they um you know tend to get along with each other so in terms of um speed they can run at up to between 40 to 60 k's an hour depending on some of that will be short bursts some of it's more sustained but that's the kind of speed that you might expect they can they live up to around 25 years old um, in the wild and they can get by with quite a small amount of sleep anything from sort of five minutes to 30 minutes in a 24-hour period so that does allow them to stay alert Um, and particularly in these groups it means you don't need all animals alert at the same time but it does allow them to keep an eye out for um uh, predators so i think they're the main facts i possibly missed a few things up to five and a half meters tall that was a that's a big one (laughs) tall fact um yeah, that, that's pretty much it with giraffes. So I've seen them in, well, pretty much all of the, the countries I've mentioned. I, I think I forgot Botswana and also the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, so you'll find them there as well. I've certainly seen them in Botswana, Botswana Uganda, um, South Africa, um, Namibia. Um, I'm just trying to think where I've seen them, Kenya, Tanzania as well. So all of the, the countries that are typical destinations if you're going on a safari so um you're you're certainly likely to see them Uh, they're certainly amazing animals to see um i've seen them kind of early morning actually uh, when i went to botswana i spent a night camped in the okavango delta and uh what we did basically pre-breakfast was to um just go have a walk and we saw a, a, quite a lot of giraffes around and zebras with them as well. So they're, they're, they, you'll often see them with other animals. And um, when I was in Zimbabwe with the group I was volunteering with on um, Wednesday nights, I believe, it was the um, uh, sort of sundowner. We'd go out, have some drinks, um, go to a nice place for sunset, have have a game drive, go somewhere, have a nice beer or two or a glass of wine watch the sun go down and then have a night drive. And um, I've certainly been able to take photographs of giraffe just walking around in that area, um, or the areas where we've been with the, the sun going down. So um, beautiful South Africa as well. Um, so you are likely to see them uh, if you're lucky, if you go to any of the, the major game parks and game reserves. And they're, you know, very nice animals to see. You often you'll see them feeding uh, they um have quite long tongues, they can be up to about half a meter long, they're, they're quite a dark color. And I'm always impressed that they're able, they don't seem to be bothered by by thorns or anything like that when they're stripping uh, leaves, shoots, um, off uh, branches of the uh the trees there. So, um, that's always a good shot to get. And because they're my experience of them, if you're being respectful to them, if you're in a a four-wheel drive or something, or even walking. As I say in um, Botswana, I was watching them on foot. Although, to be fair, when I was on foot, they weren't that keen on us getting close to them. So they did tend to um, uh, do a little mini gallop away from us. In some of the game reserves where they're more used to people, as long as you obey the, the regular rules for engaging with animals when you're in that kind of situation often you can get pretty close. And I like to take my 100-400mm, that's the photography tip. um, Fairly fast shutter speed because in a vehicle, uh, usually the engine's running, so you get a bit of vibration if you try and rest the lens on the side of the vehicle. And also people tend to move around a bit to get a different shot. So often you can be nicely lined up and then the whole vehicle rocks because someone's moving around. So I tend to use fairly fairly fast shutter speed there, but that allows me to get a nice frozen shot. And I've got quite a lot of um, portraits of heads of um, giraffes as they're feeding so always good to see uh when they're about i don't think i've got any particular stories to tell about giraffes but um hopefully you found that interesting and um made maybe made you aware that you, of something that you weren't it might be that um that giraffes are an endangered species and um th- that's certainly um Uh, one of the things that is of concern that we might, you know, it's another one of these iconic species that um, I certainly always associate with Africa, and yet in a few decades there there is the real prospect that in many areas where they've been around for thousands, millions of years, um, they may well disappear. So hopefully they won't, and hopefully you'll get the chance to see them in the flesh and get some great photographs of them. So, look, I think that pretty much does the job as far as um, giraffe are concerned. I think the one thing I forgot to say, (laughs) because I was just glancing down at my notes, um, these aren't subspecies, but what has been noticed recently, this is in 2021, and this was in two locations, one of them in Uganda and the other in Namibia. And that is... um, what they've noticed and what they call dwarf giraffes. Now these aren't a different subspecies; they're an exist, they're existing subspecies. I'm not sure which one they were actually, um, but basically the legs are shorter. The legs um, are, are definitely shorter than they would normally be in these animals. In terms of proportion, the neck looked about right, but it's just the the legs are shorter. So don't, I don't know what's going on there. That might be just a mutation, that a genetic mutation that's happened in those specific populations and um, I don't know any more about the specifics of where they are one was a farm uh, a private farm in Namibia the other was in um, one of the national parks in Uganda so I don't know but um, anyway just an interesting um, side note I guess that there are um, some odd things going on here and there uh, with giraffe so look as i say i hope you found that useful I hope you found it interesting and i will speak to you again in the next podcast so bye for now just before i go i want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined uh, with the podcast buzzsprout which is the um the platform i use for all of my podcasts, they have a subscription model so if you feel that you would like to subscribe a few dollars a few euros whatever um, to the podcast that would be much appreciated The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, you'll get access to exclusive material, behind the scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is information available through my website and um, also on the, uh, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And Whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now.